0: afternoon collectors and friends and welcome to Layton's lofts how are you today lou
1: i'm doing very well we're back in the loft today huh back in the actual loft
0: <laughs> the actual loft it's nice yep. uh, i can see my globetrotters poster in the backgrounds crosby's fond of it as well yep um how are we doing on volume there lou
1: it's a little low to me but i don't know how it's going out there if you guys can comment out there if the volume's a little low but this is what we got today
0: All right, well, you know, that's the way that the rain gods lined up for us, Lou.
1: (laughs) You guys can turn your volume up at home, and I'll turn my volume down on my mic, try to level it out a little bit. I
0: appreciate each and every one of you tuning in today. Uh, I have a few things I'd like to cover. But first and foremost, I know last week, Lou, you were kind enough to be flexible with the schedule. Thank you. Um, And if you remember, we had a crazy situation where I was potentially looking at a collection and I ended up procuring it, so I wanted to talk about that today because I did show it off on Trading Card Therapy later uh, that Thursday.
1: Yeah, um, and I saw the post on it. It looks outstanding. It looks unbelievable. What a great story. Wild
0: stuff, Lou. So what I'd like to do is make sure that our community here um, at Leighton's Loft, which I know a lot of you folks are maniacs and follow us at Vintage Breaks. Some of you know about our other company, Just Collect, but I want to make sure that nonetheless all of you know about the story behind this unbelievable near-complete set of 1933 Gowdy Sport King cards. Excellent, yeah. Um, And so, uh, uh, yeah, I see people commenting. So uh, regardless, I'll try to do the best I can to uh, talk loudly here, um, and hopefully folks can hear me.
1: No, everybody, otherwise it's fine. I think Brian was having a little fun with it, so apparently it's fine for everyone out there, so that's great.
0: Hey, what's up? Uh, My brother's here. It's nice to see him. What's up, Merrick? Um, so, uh, put it this way. The open house was good. In fact, we're happy to announce our next, Hey, what's up, Jim? Uh, we're having our next open house. It's actually going to follow suit our next big event. I, I'm not sure, Lou, I don't have access to my calendar, but I believe June 11th is a Sunday. If that's the case, then that's Saturday before will be our open house.
1: June 11th. Uh, let me see. Yeah. Let me know. Let me check my calendar here. June 11th is indeed a Sunday. Yes.
0: Great. So June 11th, we just announced is the end of our next big event featuring a
1: beautiful,
0: well-centered 1961 Topps Mickey Mantle PSA seven amongst many other beautiful prizes. Um, But the day before on on June 10th, we're going to have another open house at our offices. We're encouraging folks that are both near and far to come by. Uh, We had some interesting stuff, which we have time today. We'll talk about later in the show.
1: Excellent. Oh, James um, gave us a like. We got to go back to the like thing for a while for participation. Sure. Well, whatever you think
0: is best, uh, we are going to run um, a participation promo for today. You know, Lou, I don't know that Facebook gives you the ability to see who likes the the show as well as you know who comments. Um, but nonetheless, we appreciate the love regardless, Lou, and I'll kind of put you in charge of that. But we'll have three prizes today. We'll try it up.
1: We'll switch for a show because somewhere down the line, we'll switch for the show because it helps the algorithms too. help spread it out a little bit more. If we get a lot.
0: Absolutely. Well, we appreciate all the love. Yeah, Uh, we do. You know, we will talk about the prizes in just a few minutes. Um, But I did want to talk about, like I said, uh, getting back to this collection and this, you know, this lead. Um, You know, it's the kind of thing where uh, we were contacted by this gentleman. Uh, His name is Edwin. He's from Puerto Rico. And he was visiting some family locally. Locally, you know, I thought it meant New York. I'm not sure. Um, but nonetheless, he was in, I guess, New Jersey area, maybe seeing some friends or other family. And apparently he had this set on him. So he contacted us. Very, very challenging to begin with because uh, he was like, hey, you know what? Can you come see me today? But, you know, there was no talk about the process, Lou. It was just like, all right, we'll take, you know, three four hours of your day. Just hope for the best. And, you know, we don't generally operate like that. Yep. Um, so we want to try to get some more information. So that's not always the easiest to do. Um, he doesn't know who we are, and that we're serious about what we're doing. Um, and of course, you know, he's trying to use the leverage of, "Well, I'm talking to auction houses," and I'm like, "No, I might talk to my mother later today, uh, <laughs> but she might not end up buying the Gabby set either." You know, yep. and, and the auction houses aren't going to buy it from you; they're going to auction it. Um, and not that there's anything wrong with that. You know, I have friends at REA and Heritage, and Mile High, Beverly Lane. Yep. All those guys are good guys, um, and they run great auction houses to buy from. Um, but it's all different, you know, Lou, it depends on your expectations as the end user. You know, if you want to have something in a catalog auction and it's super unique, right, and really interesting, and maybe one hasn't sold for a long time, or, or if ever, um, I think that's a wonderful place to try to sell an item. But if you're talking about an item that's worth between X and Y, you know, it's worth between $1,000 and 1100 Right. I, you can auction it, right? But I don't know that you're going to get much more in most cases than you're going to get from, you know, leading dealers such as ourselves. But nonetheless, um, the gentleman's talking with us. And then what's nuts is, Lou, if you remember, the Wednesday we had to postpone. You were very flexible. We appreciated that. And so we kind of thought, you know, that the guy ghosted us. A lot (laughs) of people talk about that in in dating. Yeah. Right. right. But in like, you making, I don't know what it's called. But, you know, I do know what it's called in in dating. It's called ghosting, or at least that's one of the terms they call it. Um, And so. The guy does like the exact opposite of that because while we think we're ghosted by him, J5, I don't know what he did. Like, did he hit the bat signal in the office or like he did something (laughs) where he's like, you know, I thought something was wrong. Put it that way. He's like, you know, do you have time right now? I'm like, you know, I'm I'm about to do the show. (laughs) Uh, You know, he's like, well, uh, you know, he showed up. I'm like, who's he? And he turned out to be Edwin, but Edwin wasn't just with himself. He was with two other people. uh, And I think these were his friends and/or family he was visiting. I mean, he had the briefcase, man. He reeked of being a businessman.
1: He's got, oh, yeah. Yeah. He's
0: got multiple automobiles. You know, he's a collector of all sorts of things. Oh, wow. And I just, I didn't really understand, like, there was definitely a little bit of a language barrier. And, and, you know, J5 speaks fluent Spanish. And so they connected uh, for a little bit. Um, and what was not apparent to me, cause I was saying, I'm like, what are you doing in New Jersey? And I don't know that he was trying to make a joke, but I also don't know that he was trying to be serious. So he's like, selling my baseball cards, I'm like, wait a minute, you flew here with no deal in place from Puerto Rico to sell your baseball cards. That's insane. <laughs> you know, like if you had a million dollars of cards, like, okay, I could see that. But you know, meaning like Lou, if you spent the money on a flight and a hotel and travel, And you didn't reach a deal for, and I I don't want to disclose it, but it was, it was a nice size uh, collection, but it certainly wasn't, you know, anything that was six figures by any means. Um, It was north of five figures. Uh, And so, you know, in terms of, it it was like, there was a little bit of a, I think a barrier because he really wasn't here for that, but I think he was trying to joke. It was just that his humor, the way he was delivering it. And then you talk about, you know, different languages and cultures it wasn't received like that by me. Right. No. And
1: um, yeah, he probably, it sounds like he travels all the time for deals. So this wasn't a big deal for him too.
0: Yes. But not for baseball card deals. I think he just travels for business. Right. Yeah. So once we got past that, you know, I evaluate the cards and, you know, it's really crazy. I wish I had another phone, but I'll just use my hands. I felt like it was a little bit of like, you know, uh, candid camera or maybe the Truman show, because I'm looking at the collection Edwin's, like, talking up a storm with J5. I don't know what they're talking about because J5's from Peru. Um, A lot of it's in Spanish. I'm happy looking at this fresh, you know, near-complete set of Sport Sport Kings. Um, I don't know if we're going to get it. And actually, at that moment, if you had interviewed me on the side, I would have told you it wasn't looking good. Right. Because this guy looked like he was on a fact-finding mission, and he wanted – listen, we all want our stuff, not just cards. We all want our things to be worth the most possible. But I did appreciate this. I think he – understood the time and the care i was taking to go through it he's like look at the the surgeon look at him go to work and i'm like listen oh my god you're making a joke And you know, once again i didn't really connect the dots right you know i had the lamp i had the cards but you know i take it seriously blue i try to assess it like it's a patient but the patients are my baseball cards right
1: you your um, business he's a businessman you're a businessman he saw that in you exactly so yep.
0: this is what's really funny i'm looking at the cards the lamp is here J5's talking to Edwin, uh, younger guy and woman. So once again, I don't know if they're married, it's family, friends, but they definitely know him. All of a sudden it's like, you know how you can do the peripheral, but like it's not, you don't always know that it's there, but you feel it and feel it, Lou. Yep. They're filming me. Oh. And they're like walking around. They're not just stationary. And I'm like, just out of curiosity, are we live? Are we broadcasting this? <laughs> I like to just understand what we're doing. Yeah. And there was definitely a language barrier and they're just like smiling. And I'm like, holy shit. Oh, you know, I guess we're on my show, I can say I can curse. I'm like, Leighton, <laughs> you better be effing accurate today. Cause like who knows? This could be like, I have no idea. I for all I know, this guy's involved in the Puerto Rican government, which yeah. is obviously American. And yep. like they're broadcasting me live on the floor of like, you know, this is how you get your cards evaluated. So I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. Um, and I'm I listen, I'm obviously joking a little bit here. But, you know, people have asked me recently, Lou, um, on other podcasts and other things I've done in person, like, you know, it seems like you get a lot of stuff. And what I try to tell people is, yes, we do. I buy a lot of cards, also a high expense of trying to, you know, run the operation, all that. But, but the joking aside, do you think if you had to choose three things, right, do I pay, you know, accurately, meaning I try to offer the most I can? Do I offer the least that I can? Or do I offer more than they're worth? Because clearly, you know, even though I'd be able to get every deal, I would be out of business soon. And so when I put it like that to people, they're like, oh, don't you try to pay the least you can? I'm like, this is where, and I love this part of the business. I truly do. Um, It's an art and a science. And there are other things in life. Like I believe sports is like that, Lou, right? Because to a certain extent, They're using the science, the math, the numbers more than ever. But make no mistake, there's an art to sports.
1: Oh, sure. Absolutely.
0: If you watched the Knick game last night, if you watched the Laker game last night, you know um, there's an art. And so what I'm trying to do, of course, is to figure out how do I get every deal or close to it, but candidly not overpay. And that's not the easiest thing, even though you might be like, oh, well, Leighton knows what he's doing and he can assess the grades. And sure. But you guys can see, and gals, I love the stuff. So I really do try to be formulaic. And even though I'm willing to stretch, depending on the subject matter, the story behind it, um, does a person have more? I'm willing to pay a little bit more than my offer sometimes, not not always. Um, And so what I try to do is I shoot for the bullseye. And you're not always getting the bullseye. But as long as I'm on that target and near it, I feel like even if we don't buy a collection, Um, You know, I don't have any wood around here, but knock on wood. Um, So, Lou, we've gained a reputation that even if we don't reach a deal, we don't have people running in the streets afterwards if they don't reach a deal with me. Like that guy, Layton, he tried to offer me 16 cents on the dollar. No, maybe he offered you 65 cents on the dollar or 70 cents because it was this or that. And like you wanted 80 cents. I don't begrudge anyone, but But I'm never going to offer someone something so low that they're going to be insulted. They're going to feel the need to, like, scream from the rooftops, wow, this is a terrible way to do business. But I've learned also, this is a great tip for the community, Lou. I would actually rather pass on something than make a low insulting offer. I've had people then, I don't want to use the word beg, but encourage me highly to say, Leighton, I know you don't want to buy this. I know it's not up your, your alley. I know it's not in your wheelhouse. I'm not going to be insulted. And you know what? Even those times, I'm still very selective about what I'm willing to make an offer on. Yeah. Because I don't like to make I'm making it up. If you have a thousand dollars of stuff and I'm going to pay you three hundred bucks, at the end of the day, you can have you know all the reason in the world like it's going to take a long time to sort. I might not get a thousand. All that. At the end of the day, though, if someone's going to run around and say, "Well, this guy's paying thirty cents on the dollar," well, that doesn't help your brand.
1: Right. That doesn't help your name. Um, I think, I think you strike the balance. You can tell me if I'm wrong. I think you strike the balance between professionalism and business like very well. And I don't think you look for the lowest price. I think what you look for is a margin. Just a fair. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll
0: tell you, Lou, this is turning out to be a wonderful discussion. I see some comments coming in, which by the way, at any point, Lou, either interrupt me or when I pause, certainly I'd like to hear from some of the folks because it seems like we have some good stuff coming in. Um, but I've been consuming a lot of hobby content. And I think that from what I can tell where I can bring value is me being on the front lines of deal-making and I'm not always going to get the deal, but I think, and shout out to my buddy, Darren Revelle. Um, Lou, I, I consider you in this, this vein also uh, like I have some good storytellers that I can look up to, you know, I know your son's a storyteller Lou. Yeah. Um, but like, I listened to you, Lou, I, I've heard your program. I understand what Darren does. And so, I'm trying to understand, like, hey, I do love the subject matter. And, of course, I'd love to buy all the cards. But I'm recognizing that the real value might be in the actual process uh, and what I can share with others. And so, um, of course, we're going to get back to the Sport Kings um, near set in a second. But, but, but this isn't like baseball
1: please. cards or cards in general isn't like trading stocks. That's every dollar. That's maximize and minimize. This has a different element to it. And everybody should be, rather than looking for the killing, looking for a margin, whether it's a profit margin, whether it's a, a, you know, a margin in the buy that allow them to make some money at just a fair margin. And there's a sense of community around here, especially in the vintage breaks community that allows you to do that. I don't think you're looking for every penny. I am just thinking you're looking for a businessman's margin. That's all. Yeah.
0: Also, you know, that might be my new tagline. Um, But I think there's a lot of folks who come into this and whether it be they're a collector and they're very much like bidding and buying actively in all auctions and card shows. You know, for example, Lou, their only perspective of what someone's buying or paying might be their local card show. And so for argument's sake, and I'm not knocking anyone individually, but like maybe at their local card show, the best they can get is 50 cents on the dollar, even for right. graded cards. Yep. And so they might just be like, you know, that's terrible. I think this industry stinks. I can only get 50 cents. And yes, even though REA heritage and and you know. Golden and all those other guys are great auction houses. I don't have good enough stuff for them. So I guess I'm resigned to the fact that I'm going to get 40 or 50 cents on the dollar. And to be fair, you might only get 40 or 50 cents on the dollar if you have that quality. But because the market's so competitive and we're talking about balancing the art and the science, you're right. I do try to pay as close as I can where it becomes, let's say, uncomfortable for me. But I've also learned that sometimes I am truly willing to break even or make almost nothing because I'm either of being service to an individual, of being of service to a community. Um, or for that matter, let's just say in the Sport King set, I made him a strong offer. I remember J5, like, this would have been a great scene for you guys to see live. Yeah. He's like, Wait, he's like, I'm just telling you, please. He's like, offer the most you can. I'm like, what do you think I'm gonna do? He's like, no, no, he's like, this, you know, this guy's really difficult. I'm like, I know that, but I mean, I'm not gonna try to offer any less. I'm just gonna offer what I'm gonna offer. And you know, yep. I went in. And to be fair, one thing I've learned, and I'm going I'm to point this out to the community because I think this is great—not just for baseball cards, any walk of life. Right. What I've learned is, and it, believe me, I hate this. I actually hate sharing this, but it's true. Take it from someone who's on this side. Let's just use a number of ten grand. Even if your numbers, your formulas, blah blah blah, your percentages say I'm making it up, offer ninety-two fifty, and you can go up to ninety-six fifty. I'm just telling you you're going to pay 10 grand. Because that's the next logical, it's like very round. And so even though this sucks, as let's say the the person who's going to be the buyer and the one offering, you really do have to consider those those if you will round or even numbers. Right. Right? Those thresholds where, you know, for example, I'm making it up. If I offered someone 10,350, would I maybe pay 105 sure? But if you just thought and you assumed that by me offering $10,350, that I would pay eleven thousand, you're wrong.
1: Yeah, right. Yep.
0: Some collections, yes, Lou. I would pay eleven grand. But there's some collections where I'm like, legitimately, I guess I'll give you ten five. I'll give you ten five and Milburn Deli sandwich on me. You know what I mean? We'll go talk after. Yeah. I'll cover your gas and tolls. Um. And once again, I'm not suggesting it would never go to eleven, but it's it's. It's important to understand where you are in that numeric timeline of money, Um, because even though the percentage may not line up to I'm making it up 10,000, you might have to pay 10,000, even though you're at 9,650, because that's just what it's going to take to get it done. But if you're over that, no one, I would say no one, fewer people at 10,350 think you're going to 11.
1: But at 9,650,
0: everyone thinks you're going to 10 grand.
1: That's the thing about you, though. You're not playing that game. In other words, no. if you're willing to go 11, you're not going to come with a 10-350 offer. You're going to come closer to that. You're not 10, 650, You're not looking for the kill. 10
0: 850. Yep. Yes, exactly.
1: Yep. It's just fun yeah, discussion, Lou. You'll negotiate, but you're not looking for that big kill, so you wouldn't have gone that short, right?
0: Usually but, not. Unless here's the other thing I about would your... say this, unless it's laborious, if it's, you know, and I know, I want people to understand this out there, even if you're not...
1: Oh, we lost late in there it's funny because the gentleman's calling me knows i have the podcast he listens to me during the podcast. um so- and the other thing about your business model i think that makes you interesting in terms of this regard the negotiating aspect of it as opposed to other people at card shows and you can tell me if i'm wrong if i don't have a hold on the hobby as well as i should but you have tolerance for inventory i'm sure a lot of people at card shows are not taking on a lot of irrelevant or marginal inventory. They're not willing to put out money and hold the inventory to resell it. You have a little bit more tolerance for that. You get a huge inventory.
0: Yes. Uh, It's interesting that you bring it up, Lou. So yes, I'm on the same page as you. I am willing to hold, especially vintage. We talked about modern. We can talk about it at length uh, if you'd like today in the future episodes. Um, Speaking of which, we have a guest lined up for next week. I'm very excited. We're going to talk about it. Um, So uh, also liquidity is really important. So, for example, I talked to a gentleman earlier today. I don't take any offense to it. It's just business. So he starts rattling off some cards. And we had talked a lot of personal stuff before. Um, And actually, that was the gentleman who just called me. Um, And so he didn't want to ask, but yet I get it. You know, it's business. So he's like, Wait, you know, blah, blah. I know you want to buy everything. But he's like, uh, you know, can you buy it or something? I'm like, I mean, like, are you asking me, am I liquid? I wasn't trying to be funny. And, you know, I guess, you know, he might be trying to make an investment. We'll just say that. Keep it broad. I'm like, yeah. Listen, if we reach a deal, I was very clear to him. I'm like, you know, up to a million bucks, we can do it the same day. If it's something north of a million dollars, let's just say the numbers are right. Yeah, I might need a day to like straighten some things out, move some things around, talk to right. some folks, whatever the case is. And I'm talking to people straight now. I'm like, listen, yeah, that's that's the scoop. He's like, oh. I'm like, okay. So like, you understand why I need the specific information because now that we're talking turkey, um, I need to understand what you have because I'm not going to just go yep. willy nilly as much as I want your collection. I need information um, so that I can start my
1: process. Right. But you're not going to sit there and you're not going to be worried. You, you, there's not going to be an inventory premium for you. You're going to, you, if it's worthwhile, you're going to take it on. And you, you're willing to vintage. hold it for, a while. for vintage. For vintage, yeah.
0: Yep. For modern, I don't feel the same. And, you know, I've been on, like I said, some other panels and podcasts the last few months where I feel more comfortable and confident than ever. I'm going to buy what I can modern either because I like it or I think I can help the vintage breaks community, for example. Or not necessarily a quick flip, but, you know, maybe it's someone who comes into in the Milburn store and they're like, you know, I really could use this 400 bucks, even though I'm not going to spend it back with you now with the future. Sure. If I was going to make 50 bucks and it's not a lot, but like I can sell the cards fast. Yeah, I might think I would do that mass. Yeah. But, you know, I would I would do that for the community um, as far as modern goes. But in general, yes, I'm willing to hold vintage inventory. I would say infinitely, but significantly longer.
1: Yeah. And going back to the auction option there, auctions are a different animal because auctions are basically based on uh, based on the most margin possible and they're not dealing with inventory at all. They want to move it out. So th- their financial model is completely different.
0: Yes. And I would say I think that auction houses for the right items can be great. You just have to know and I'm happy to answer anytime, even if you don't want to sell me anything. You just want to ask my opinion. Hey, Leighton, I have such and such card or piece of memorabilia. Do you think I should auction it? listen, hit me up an email. You don't have to ask in the show. I don't want to make anyone's business uh, public, but I would say I wanted to add to this Lou, um, you know, uh, as far as supporting the community, both on the vintage break side, but really just collect as well. Cause we're actively buying. Um, but I know that, listen, the, the raising the fed rate again today, uh, even if you're not interested in financial stuff, people know what's going on. Um, and, you know, make no mistake that the economy is still a little bit precarious. Things are strange. And even though lots of people are still buying and collecting baseball cards and sport- basketball, football, hockey, uh, there's definitely a weird, you know, dynamic out there. Listen, they're laying off people at Facebook uh, through or Amazon yes. through, like, you know, Zoom calls. So I just want everyone to understand we certainly can't overpay, but we will do our best to not only support the Just Collect and Breaks communities that are so nice and support us here at Leighton's Loft, the way to do that is – to offer us vintage cards for sale that are graded primarily. If you have modern graded cards, I call them cheap graded cards, we will buy them as well. You can either email me direct, Layton at JustCollect.com. You can put that on the screen, Lou, or if you want to have it be easier to remember, Sam at VintageBreaks.com. And in general, we are happy to buy all of your mantles, right? All of your DiMaggio's, yeah. your Muhammad Ali cards, your Satchel page, your Babe Ruth, Jackie Robinson's. But I want to make sure it's clear. We understand that you may have a glutton of 10 or 15 or $20 graded cards. We tend to buy those in bulk. Uh, we did a deal with Rusty recently. We bought a bunch of cards from Adam McKay um, and, and anyone and everyone in between. So all we ask is if you're interested in selling, there really isn't a threshold in terms of dollars. We just ask you to be organized. So send over a list either in the email or in Excel. Hey, I have these amount of cards. We prefer you to tell us what you want for it. Because if you ask us to do the work, it's not that we're unwilling. It's that you imagine that if you're not the only person and 11 people send over a list of 60 cards to value, you know, 700 graded cards is not (laughs) going to be that fast. Whereas, and this is um, a tip for everyone out there. You know, I was talking with uh, uh, one of the, like the whatnots of the world, as far as like repacks go. And I was explaining to them, you know, you can source cheap graded cards In that $10 to $20 range. And they're like, well, you know, what about $50 to $100 cards? I'm like, you have to buy a lot more of those individually. It's not efficient. And so, um, you know, for us here at Vintage Breaks and Just Collect, uh, and even our friend Jason at OTS Sports, we're always happy to buy, you know, vintage. To a lesser extent, we'll buy modern. We prefer to buy stuff graded, but the exceptions are if you have, I'm making it up, 82 ungraded vintage cards from 1952 to 1969. And, you know, there's no mantle, there's no this. And you want to making this up $500, we'll look at it as 6 bucks a card. We'll tell you yes or no. So it's not that we're unwilling to buy anything else besides graded. It's that we want it to be efficient. Um, And so if you have jersey cards that you've pulled over the years from us from Immaculate, and you have 37 of them, and you're like, you know, I don't want to sell in the probe scene because he doesn't sell on graded. My card store is a pain to deal with. Mm -hmm. I really just want to ship them in. And I can tell you how we're going to work. If it's something that we really, really want, we will have no problem offering you cash, meaning, you know, PayPal check, et cetera, and paying the most we can. You'll know I don't really want it when I say to you, can we buy it for break credit? Or can we buy it for cash and break credit? We're not trying to be insulting. I'm trying to be factual with you. And I want to make sure the audience understands how we do business. We don't want to leave people in a lurch. You know, if you have, Cards that are graded by a grading company I've never heard of, yeah, there's a really good chance I might not buy them. Right. But if they're graded by any of the major guys—PSA, SGC, Beckett, ISA, um, CSG, whatever the case is—we will be able to attribute a value to them, whether it be they're cheap or expensive, and we're happy to try to do a transaction with you.
1: Uh, Stephen anticipated my question perfectly. Thank you, Steven. What about what about wax? I mean, the model is yeah, models a little bit Steven different, recently? right?
0: We just bought something from Stephen. From uh, recently, we will buy vintage and we will buy modern uh, wax as well. Um, and once again, same thing: we'll buy it for cash, we'll buy it for a break credit, or some combination thereof. And I know this is a shout out to Jim Hector from Karma, um, longtime member and friend of the community. Um, we've done trades, so I encourage people: if you see, I'm making it up, a $600 card in our eBay store at Just Underscore Collect, or for that matter, I showed off something on the loft for a thousand bucks. And you're like, you know, right now, I just don't really have the scratch to do that. But I have a bunch of cards. I just got them about the Fed. They raised it a quarter point. Congratulations. Um, uh, you know, can I do a deal with you? I'm not guaranteeing you I will, but I will certainly try. Yep. Um, so just keep that in mind. We're, you know, we're here for you. Um, I don't want to run out of time today. So Lou, if there's any other comments that you'd like to share, please let me know.
1: Um, oh, everyone's just been loving the commentary and loving the discussion in general and uh, uh, no specific questions. I would have brought them up. But we have some specific questions, but everyone just likes the idea. And this is the community idea of it is that you are a business. You want a margin, but you're not looking for blood. You're just not looking for blood.
0: Yeah. So what I'd like to do is I'm going to show off the Sport King collection as it stands. And um, just keep in mind, this is Missing the Ty Cobb. It only came with one graded. So, you know, as much as people say like, hey, well, Leighton, you're assessing the condition. I'm not just assessing the condition. I'm assessing, do I think it's trimmed? Do I think yeah, it's trim. altered? And I'm not going to get into that because we spent a whole show on that. I know a lot going on the hobby about that. Yeah, you know, I, I, uh, I appreciate it. I was in the office yesterday and I will be later today. Um, Jason was talking to me about a couple of cards we just did an Instagram reel on. So for those that want to follow me on Instagram, I think it's Layton.Sheldon. Um And I was talking about some cards I got back from SGC, like the technical nature of it. And he was like, you know, late, blah, blah. blah. And I was trying to listen, you know, trying to be modest. I'm like, hey, you know, he's like, can you tell what the cards are going to grade? And I kind of laughed, not like in an arrogant way. I'm like, well, Jesus Christ, if I can't tell by now, I should get the hell out of this business, right? And do something different. And, you know, we're going over it. And he's like, you know, like, it seems like you're pretty good. I'm like, well, you know, I, a, I don't bet a thousand, and I and I listen to me wrong. I, there was many great hitters growing up I admired. I played baseball myself, but man, not just watching him, but reading about his stats, like some stuff I see posted on Instagram, like all the greatest pictures of the era, like Maddox, yep. Tony Gwynn was a freak hitter.
1: Yes, he was. Yeah. wasn't a
0: freak home run hitter, but he was a freak hitter.
1: No contact. So he, dude, he, he had was incredible a, he contact. Was talking dude. to
0: me about accuracy, and I was like, you know what? I'm the Tony Gwynn of grading. I'm like, doesn't <laughs> Tony Gwynn didn't get a batting? You know, he didn't bat a thousand. But, man, he was the closest guy you'd think he would hit 400 every year.
1: You remind me of a story. I was taking a fly fishing class one time. Yeah. And the fly fishing guy was showing us two flies. And they were the same fly, except one had like a needlehead black dot on the bottom of it. And somebody raised a hand and asked him, he goes, you mean to tell me a trout and all that rushing water can tell the difference between those two flies? And he said, you got to remember, it's what they do for a living. Right? <laughs>
0: yes so uh, that's a great point Lou what I'd like to do is I'll show off the top couple card by card the balance of the set just I don't I don't know what time it is but I feel like we've been talking for a while um,
1: we're about a half an hour in but it's 208 yeah okay uh, so very
0: yes Daniel let's read Daniel's quote this is how you learn it's annoying it's tedious but do it you write down your 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 grades that you believe listen, you don't have to do it on like a modern. Is it going to 9 or 10? Whatever. But if you're dealing with vintage, there's such a nuance between like twos and sixes, right? Start doing that. Even yep. if it's like not every card, you just take the better cards of that package. It's so gratifying. It's so much fun because if you're right, you're thrilled. And yep. if you're wrong, kind of like as a card detective, right? You're trying to figure out like, well, what's the problem? And that's how you learn. That's how I learned. I right. Brain. Exactly. Yep. I've graded tens of thousands of cards between yep. PSA and SGC in my lifetime.
1: Yeah, it's all reps, right? The learning it is a, a condition of reps.
0: Yeah. So without further ado, and I know I'm at home, so the camera's not great. Here is the balance of the set. What's super cool about this set, Lou? It has tennis players, it's got a speed boater, a cyclist, a swimmer, <laughs> wrestlers, <laughs> golfers, basketball players, billiards players, hockey, baseball. It's unbelievable. And what's even more crazy, give them credit, this is produced in the 1930s. I know, right? There's no television. They went out, they curated this list of 48 cards issued in two series, if you're not aware. Um, Oh, by the way, the last card in the set, he's a dog sledder. I mean, why not include a dog sledder?
1: Yeah, right, exactly.
0: Just so cool. You really have to appreciate it. Um, So anyway, what I'd like to do is go through the balance of the collection, then I'll close with the to finish the story of how, uh, I guess we bought the cards and uh, where the gentleman got the cards from. So, Lou, I know I can't see that great, but I will try Jack Dempsey. Gene oh, These are the better cards, Look Eddie Burke, those. Joe Lapchick, uh, Max Bear, Carl Hubble. There's the babe. Here's the babe. I know you can't see that great. Red Grange, one of my favorite cards in the set. That leather hel- helmet, Lou, is awesome.
1: Yeah, really. They- I love the Gaudi stuff, man. Newt, Ra- Newt Rockney,
0: Jim Thorpe, one of my favorite athletes of all time. Bobby Jones. Babe Diedrichsen has very few cards. Wow. Ali Berenz, unbelievable. Uh, one of my favorite cards in the set. And then Nat Holman, Southwick Hall of Famer. Um, so here's the scoop. The guys like going through J5, it kind of felt like we were, you know, I don't know how they buy and sell art, but if you were buying and selling expensive art with like someone in the back room, I kind of imagine it happening like this. So J5 comes to me like like the you know the new show king collectibles golden touch. Check it out on Netflix if you haven't already. It's interesting. So J5's like you got to pay more, you got to pay more, you got pay. I'm like, "Dude, you haven't even heard what I said." <laughs> I'm like, "I'm just telling you I think the guy has unrealistic expectations." So I go through, I value it. I did what I said. I pretty much offered I didn't offer the most, but I offered very close to the most. Um, because it was aggressive. Yeah. It was already aggressive because I wanted it. So, um he goes back out there. He makes the offer. He comes back in. And so basically, the reason why I shared the story earlier is I knew if we moved it all, we were actually going to move to the next threshold. And it was right. It was true. Yep. So basically, I was asking myself, am I willing to pay this? So rather than, you know, so get this. Yep. So we do that, J5 and I, And I don't remember how we presented the offer. So the guy basically wants another $500. Yeah. After I agree, and I basically, I go like this, J5. Like, no. Here's the thing. I don't really care at this point. I'm being, as far as I'm concerned, I'm being um, transparent. I'm being respectful. I'm being as close to the target as I can. And I'm totally cool. But there's a point, and I want to encourage folks to do this. This is okay if you're on the buy end or if you're on the selling end. If you feel like someone, and I never said you're disrespecting me, right? but I did it. It's like in poker, right? You've heard of the snap raise. right? I'm not saying it's right or wrong. People have like a certain style and it's the same action. If you slow raise or if you snap raise, it's the same money, especially if it's fixed, you know, um, uh, hold them. But the effect is different. The body language is different. Yeah. So I'll say I snap rejected them.
1: <laughs> I like that, that.
0: but but I wasn't doing it to be arrogant. To no. Be Basically I was like listen buddy, you've hit my threshold for I've been professional. I've now offered you the most I can pay. Dude, you need $500, you should go begging somewhere else cuz I ain't gonna, you know, give it to you from here. Yeah. And you know what? Lo and behold, of course, we had reached a deal. It was very amicable. This is what's crazy. Thankfully, you know, um I took it all in stride. I thought it was all in good fun. But I could see someone taking this the wrong way, which is why I'm telling the story. I firmly believe this, especially, you know, this gentleman is, I don't know if he was born in Puerto Rico. He's been living there a long time. Clearly, he's from a different culture than I was than I was brought up in. Yep. Um, so you have to understand that sometimes humor is not received the same. Um, the way that you negotiate isn't received the same. So this is what he he did when we're done. And I think we got it on video, not just from the paparazzi he came with, but also us as well. Yeah. So he's like, do you want to know what I paid? I'm like, you know, something like, not really. But if you want to share it, sure. By the, I couldn't even finish the sentence. He was going to tell us no matter what. He's like, I bought it for $7. I'm like, (laughs) get the fuck out of here. How'd you buy this for $7? I'm thinking, you know, who knows what I was thinking. Yep. He's like, and he tells the story. He's really very cool. His wife is from Colombia. They're visiting Colombia in 1987. Like I said, he's a businessman. I don't know how much he was worth in 1987. Right. At the very least, he likes sports. Like, we all were watching the show today. We generally all, in some way, shape, or form, enjoy sports. Much in the way with my ex, i making it up, or my parents growing up, if they went antiquing loo at a flea market. Yeah. Okay? So... I would make the best of it. I look at the glass half full. I could give a flying shit about the antique furniture.
1: Right. But I did
0: know this. People who are involved with old stuff, they run in these circles. So my parents would first laugh. And even though I never bought anything great, I figured out how to talk to people and market myself. Right. And I would, like, ask every person. And lo and behold, I remember I, like, walked out one time from, you know, uh, the back of the store like, Hey, where are you? I can hear my mom screaming. I'm like, mom, look what I found. I found a fucking card. She's like, oh, I'm like, see, I told you they can have cards. So to me, it's always been about like the thrill of the chase, even though I didn't always buy it. And it's like the same thing with this collection. Am I thrilled we bought it? Yes. But what I'm trying to understand in my life, and this is I'm sharing something that, you know, wearing my heart on my sleeve, but from the inside, I'm trying to do more of enjoying the process. Yeah. Than just the end game. Did I want to buy it? Oh fuck yeah. Absolutely. Yep. There's accolades that come with it. There's hopefully a few dollars that come with it. You put it on your blog and maybe you get other deals. But I'll tell you, this one, and I'm doing I I think as good a job as ever to making sure I enjoy the process. And this guy was like taking photos with me and it was hysterical. Yep.
1: So um
0: anyway, folks, I think what you ran job- into,
1: I think what you ran into there was he wanted that extra five hundred dollars because he's a haggler. That's what he did. Oh, does. definitely.
0: And he pretty much admitted that after. Yeah. Because he, he was saying like, was in a very, very smirky, smirky way, he's yeah. like, I need that $500 to stay in New Jersey an extra night. And I literally yeah. said to him, "Yeah, I said it nicely. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. I <laughs> know you don't. Yeah. But like at that point, we had an understanding. And to be fair, he knew we were paying fair. He yeah. had done his own research. And this is what I would say in the end. I really don't care if you're buying baseball cards, records, posters like you see behind me. Even if you're trying to be nice to someone and you're paying them fair or paying them over, let me tell you, when someone – there was a clothing store that did it back in the day. An educated an educated customer, an educated consumer is our best customer. Yep. The fact that this guy had done some pre research, research, right. that's why we had a deal. Because if not – and he did a test to this. Well, you know, how do you know my Babe Ruth is not $60,000? i am making it up. And I basically was like, oh, fuck. I'm like, I, you know, I don't have the ability to go through like the whole rigmarole today. And like, but I, you know, I did it very succinctly, respectfully. He knew I wasn't bullshitting. him; He had done right. his research. Yep. But to be fair, he's, listen, he was a very suave business guy. He was trying every angle. Yep.
1: And he just uh, wanted that extra 500 bucks. He'd have probably handed it out to those two people he was with. He didn't want it for him. It was the game to him.
0: Definitely the game. And you know what? I've said this before. And i like to end it with this today. No matter what you're in, right, if you're, In an industry you love, great, it'll be easier. But even if you're not, right? You know, if you're working for a law firm, you don't love it. If you're working for a corporation, you don't love it. I say this, respect the game. And even if you don't love it, I believe this more than ever. That positive energy that you put out there every day, fucking smile at the bagel shop. Go to work and even though that assignment sucks, just do it anyway. And if you have to get it done, you might as well do it with a smile on your face. But what I'm finding more than ever, like I had a random text I think it was about a day and a half ago i don't understand where it came from guys like i don't know but my business card got involved whatever and he's like you come highly recommended i'm not kidding he sent me images i wrote back to him he appreciated the humor i'm like is this a prank (laughs) because it was like great stuff yeah put out positive energy right you get it back that being said Joe Sluggers Creative, my son's first baseball game got canceled Saturday. It's scheduled for tonight, 6 o'clock. Nice. It's my coaching debut. I wish I had a tops Now card for it.
1: <laughs> you need someone to video. We need some video. <laughs> uh,
0: if I'm lucky, the nurse will come, and if not, honestly, it'll be right up here. <laughs> All
1: right. Wow, great show today. Just so much fun, and everyone can respond in the comments, and uh, you know, we'll continue the discussion. But, boy, the, I, I, that story seemed so good, and it got better as you told it. So I loved it.
0: Appreciate everyone tuning in today. Thanks for the love. Tune in every Wednesday, one thirty p.m. Eastern time. You can catch Lou and I on Layton's Law. Thanks, everybody.